Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. friends and welcome to the happy hour jamie ivy podcast i'm your host jamie and i'm so excited you're here every week i invite a girlfriend to join me on the show and we chat about the big things in life the little things in life and everything in between guys today you are listening to episode number 148 and this is with my friend lisa harper in fact i say we're friends we've only met once when we recorded this but she invited me to swim at her pool next time i see her so i think we're friends We'd never met before today, but let me tell you that I loved her from the minute that we said hello. She loves queso and swimming and girls' night and laughter just as much as I do, and I think you're going to love our conversation today about her new book. Lisa has a new book out right now called The Sacrament of Happy, What a Smiling God Brings to a Wounded World, and this book came out in June, so last month, I encourage you to go get it. You're going to love it. She's published 11 books. She's done so many amazing things, but I would guess to say that her most amazing thing she's done was in April of 2014. After a difficult two-year journey, Lisa finally got to bring her daughter home from Haiti. And let me tell you, you need to follow them on Instagram because they're hilarious together. She's such a cutie. So go find her there at Lisa D. Harper. While you're there, I'd love to find you on Instagram. Come find me at Jamie Ivy. Guys, if you are one of our listeners in the United States, I'd like to say happy 4th of July. I hope your day was fun yesterday. I'm actually still in Ireland, so I completely miss this 4th of July holiday. But no matter where you're listening, hopefully you are reading this summer because you know what I say, guys, readers are leaders. If you're joining us for our book club this month, I am so excited to get back to the States and get on Facebook Live to join you in talking about that. Okay, friends, here is my conversation with Lisa Harper. Lisa, Actually, this makes me so happy. Welcome to the happy hour. <laughs> Let me tell everybody that we've been talking for 13 minutes and I never pushed record. But so because, you're about to get the best. That's right. <laughs> we've already that's practiced. Right. Well, what scared me is I thought, oh, crud, like, is my bra showing? Is there some horrible thing I've done or not done? Because your face just fell. I was like, I don't think I said a bad word. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, hey, we no big need conversation and I just went, oh, my gosh, I never push record. Okay, well, here we are for real. <laughs> Lisa, welcome to the I'm thrilled <laughs> oh my to gosh. be here. So we had some really serious personal conversations that we no did. one will ever hear. We did. Okay, well, here we go. Lisa, thank you for being here. We're actually recording live, which I don't do a lot of my shows this way. We're in Nashville together. But I love it because I told you in the part that wasn't recorded <laughs> that I love your dimples. Yes, you do. Because you look happy. <laughs> thank and you. I love that. <laughs> thank I told you so you that much. God, when you're born, grabbed your face with his fingers and said, isn't she cute? Uh, and that's how your dimples stuck. I tried to tell my daughter, she asked if I could give her dimples. And I told her Aww. that I had to squeeze her face really hard. And she oh, was yeah. out. Yeah. So she doesn't have dimples. Okay. Lisa. Man, let me tell you, I'm a little flustered. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we're talking about, too, mm-hmm. is Here we're we talking about the absence of perfection, how mm-hmm. perfection is yeah. not a prerequisite yeah. for happiness. 
and certainly for relationship with God. And to me, that's that's the point of yeah. what we just did. It's totally our good. Okay, so Lisa, we have a ton of mutual friends, and I've heard a thousand times, you're going to love Lisa Harper, yeah. you're going to love Lisa Harper, and I do. I heard that we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> that's that even we better. might get arrested or something <laughs> if we hang out too much. That's, that's even better. Yeah. Okay, so you have a daughter who you adopted from yep. Haiti. I have yep. two kids from Haiti, two out of my four. And so we have that in common, and I want to hear all about when that. When did you bring your son? Your 2009 and 2010. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You've been a longer Haitian mama than I have. I have. They've been home seven years. Wow. Yeah. How old are they? Right now, um, when we're recording this, one of them turns 12 on Friday, and then my baby girl is nine. See, you're so much younger than me because I can tell you have tight skin <laughs> and high metabolism. I'm 53, but I was so slow to the party. I was so just really dumb as a rock, thick as a brick. So I didn't bring Missy home until the year I turned 50. So I went through menopause and motherhood at the same time. (laughs) So I'm older than you, but a younger mom than you. Hey, 50 is the new 40. Yeah, that's what I keep telling myself. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah, it doesn't always feel like it, but I'm going to pretend. That's why I'm wearing double spanks. So maybe I'll look like the new 49. You don't really wear double spanks. You're joking. You know, I am joking because these jeans are so tight that they're working like spanks. As a matter of fact, if my button pops off, you're going to lose an eye. Um, That's hilarious. So whenever I do wear spanks, like if I'm getting ready, and Aaron's like, do you really have to wear that? And I'm I like, know. yeah, I do. Because let me tell you, with this dress I'm about to put on, if I don't have this on, you're going to be embarrassed. Okay, so, so. let me tell you the most horrible thing that happened. Spanx-ish, if I can divert the conversation mm-hmm. away from important spiritual nuggets. I was doing a Bible study, a video Bible study two years ago, and I had forgotten my Spanx. And I was wearing, for whatever reason, a tunic with a geometric pattern, <laughs> which you can only imagine. And and I didn't have Spanx. And the girl who was helping me get ready and do makeup and stuff, we were just about to go live. And you, they have, you know when they have all the cameras, you know it's expensive, you can't go, hang on, can I go to Dillard's right. and get some Spanx? And she was like, Lisa, this is like, this is distracting. Like people are not going to no. watch on because... The geometric print, and then I was wearing, le- it was long, but yeah. I was wearing leggings under it. And it was, like, it wasn't just a muffin top. It was the whole bakery. <laughs> they had to duct tape me. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. To smooth it out. It's literally on video. I can't say long sentences. I'm teaching on Hebrews because I was duct taped from my ribs, top of my fr- ribs, all the way down to my hips. And I'd be like, and Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> so much in heat because it was duct tape. It was hilarious. So did now that actually, had to hurt coming off. It it was unpleasant. It was unpleasant. I did not need, you know, electrolysis for a <laughs> long time. No waxing after that for a couple of months. Yeah, it was exciting. Oh but my it, gosh. So now spanks seem relatively friendly yeah, to me. Yeah, you're like, this is great. Anything's yeah. better than duct tape. Oh, yeah. Because I used to think spanks were horrible. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting internal injuries. Now I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is cake. It's just like a body sock. It's no big deal. <laughs> Do you listen to podcasts a lot? Um, no, okay. not a lot. I like yours and I like Annie Dance. Well, you're so sweet. And They're, Chris Kane. So those yes. are kind of the three I listen to. I'll take all three. I'll take being in the, their categories. There's a podcast called How I Built This and the creator of Spanx is on there. Oh, yes. brilliant. Yeah. I just love, I can hear her Blakely, story. Right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Blakely. Yeah. I could hear her story yeah. a thousand times. Me too. And be like, oh, I can do anything well, in the I world. I love that entrepreneurial spirit. Me too. I was in London recently and somebody told me I'd listen uh-huh. to that and it is incredible. I, mm-hmm. I love this Because stories. they fail. They usually fail way more than they succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of back to our point. Yes. It is not about faking it until you make it. It's about being honest until you make it. Okay. So what I know about you is you've been in ministry a long time. Yep. A long time. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, would you it's say- a very gracious way of saying I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 53, been in vocational ministry for 30 years. It's really impressive to stay in ministry uh-huh. for 30 years because I feel like it's hard. 
It is hard. It's it is hard. really I, hard. I left briefly. Um, I was in youth ministry for six years and loved it. Was well a year out of undergrad. I started with a, a parachurch ministry here in Nashville, Tennessee. I did not want to move to Nashville. Like now, I'm where so, are you from? I'm from Orlando, Florida. But went to college that. in the deep south. Went to college in Alabama and South Carolina and got this job offer with a youth ministry in Nashville. And I was like, ugh, I do not want to go to Nashville. I thought it was Cracker Barrel and country music. And I was like, this is going to be horrible. Well, it might have used to be, let's and be honest. It, it was a little bit. It was it's a little not bit that way bad. anymore. And now, of course, I love Cracker Barrel, hence, yeah. <laughs> hence the Spanx. But I felt like if I didn't take this God job that I would get hives or something uh-huh, huh. and, and, or disappoint my mom, which is even worse than full body hives. And so I came up here and loved it, but was also shocked that people in vocational ministry aren't perfect. Mm. And I thought, oh my goodness, I never thought I'd see people gossip or do anything that was immoral if they were in vocational ministry. I thought that was utopia. And so I actually left I was in my late 20s and I left pretty disappointed and a little disenchanted with vocational ministry. And I thought, I don't ever want to draw my paycheck from a church or from a ministry again. I want to just have, you know, Bible studies with girls in my home and go to their high schools and colleges and encourage them and then still be able to, mm-hmm. like, you know, have my own literal yeah. happy hour. But I thought, I don't, I don't want to be in ministry because it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And it, there's actually a lot of pride in me because, of course, I didn't see my own sin nearly as big and ugly as, as I did everybody, everybody else's. else's. Yeah. And so it wasn't that I had this goal to be in vocational ministry. It's just that's kind of the only thing I feel like I'm good at mm-hmm. is telling stories about Jesus mm-hmm. and connecting with people. Yeah. I was in pharmaceutical sales for about a year after that youth ministry job. And it went well. I just found myself going, I hate this. Mm. I hate knowing that even though I'm making some company a lot of money, I don't feel like I'm doing anything substantive or anything that affects anybody's life in a positive way. And so, of course, there are a million jobs that are not vocational ministry that are positive. There are teachers, Uh for one, who I think should be paid more than actresses, but that's another podcast. Another story for another day. (laughs) And so then I ended up going to work for a ministry out in Colorado. And that kind of made me go, you know what? It's not about being perfect. It's about going, mm-hmm. let me take all of my imperfections and kind of throw that yeah. bread on the water yeah. Yeah. and and see what God does with it because he promises he uses the weak and the yeah. foolish. Yeah. You know? And thank goodness. Yeah. Okay, so you have a book that came out June 1st, mm-hmm. The Sacrament of Happy, What a Smiling God Brings to a Wounded World. And I've read it and it's beautiful. And thank I'll tell you, you in a minute. It. I can't believe you read it. I did. I'll, look, I've dog-eared the things I want to talk to you about. I'll tell I you in a minute. Where I that cried. To, to impress me. <laughs> okay, nope. tell me where you cried. I, let me tell you where I read it at. I was at a restaurant here, Henrietta Red. Oh, that's a great restaurant. I sat there all by myself in the bar and devoured your book. I can't believe. Hopefully some carbs too. <laughs> I did. Because well, it is not ricotta. a paleo kind of book. I yeah. had the ricotta. Yeah, ricotta is a, that's Basically a good I ate carb. cheese and bread for yeah. dinner. Oh, that's, that's, that, that, if I could bathe in cheese and bread, I'd be happy. I mean, it was the best. A little bit of guac, a little bit of queso and some olive yeah. oil and chips. And we're like, I'm good. good. Do you like yeah. oysters? No. Okay, so here's my deal. I texted my friend, Amy, which I think you know her on the Bobby Bones show. Yeah, I know. Yes. She, yeah, she said y'all met. Lovely. So I she's did a, really good friends with one of my friends. Tracy she told Hamilton me the whole story. For, yeah, yes, yeah, she's great. So she, I did an interview with her yesterday for her show, and it's I just a shame texted she's her. not attractive. Oh. So sad. I literally texted my friend when I was interviewing her, saying I want to look like Amy. And she's then beautiful. as I was eating my cheese and ricotta, I thought <laughs> I thought to myself, I bet she doesn't eat this when she comes uh, yeah. here. But I had like wood fired oysters. 
which I could eat because yeah, they're still, not just, yeah. No, they're okay. a little too snotty for me. I can't do it. But I read your book at Henrietta Red in Nashville. With oysters. Somehow With it's oysters. like my book has become almost it's sophisticated. more literary yeah, than it actually is. Very sophisticated. But before I tell you where I cried in the book, I want to just talk about this idea of happiness. Yeah. Because I read that you said this, and we talked about this before we were recording, (laughs) but about how happiness has seemed like a scary word to Christians for a long time. And you're kind of debunking that. Yeah. It seemed like a superficial word. Yeah. Because it's most of us have been taught either literally or tacitly that happiness is based on happenstance. Mm -hmm. It's based on your circumstances. So whether you're fitting in your jeans or people are being nice to you or you have a lot of followers on social media, then that makes you happy. So we're taught it's superficial and we're taught joy is the spiritual emotion. Yes. Because, you know, the acronym I was taught in youth group, probably you too, that joy is Jesus, others, and yourself. So I thought for decades that to be happy is almost hedonistic. That's seeking something that's just self-fulfilling. But to be joyful is, well, that that's actually as you get more intimate in your relationship with Jesus, you're going to be more joyful. Like if you're happy, you're not suffering for the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or or you're just filling yourself with stuff that pleases you. Not, and not pleases to the God. Lord. Right. Not, right. Yeah. Certainly not, uh-huh. you know, going to Haiti or mission trips right. or being real. And that is actually not at all biblically true. First of all, God defines himself as happy. God love it. In 1 Timothy 1.11, it's where Paul is telling Timothy, here's how you're to live the rest of your life. Here's basically your charge. And he says, um, you're called to share the glorious good news. You know, the gospel is good news. In the Greek, it's euangelion for the one person who's impressed by Greek. It's <laughs> about the only thing I remember from seminary. He said, you're called to share the glorious good news of the happy. It's makairos in Greek. That means happy, happy God. And over and over again, God says, I'm a happy God. If you follow me, you'll be happy. It's more often translated Old Testament. It's Asher. And Mm -hmm. so we translate that word into blessed. Mm -hmm. But it's just as theologically sound to translate it as happy. Same thing in the the Greek, in the New Testament. Makairos, that we more often translate as blessed in our English Bibles, is actually happy. It's happy or fortunate. And you go, that just slays me that God actually calls us to be happy. No, it's not happy the way the world describes it. It's not based on happenstance. Right. It's based on the goodness of God and really the accessibility of God, regardless of how hard life is. So happiness and sadness are not mutually exclusive. You experience those concurrently. So it's not a ha-ha happy. It is a deep contentment and fulfillment in who God is Mm. and therefore who we're allowed to be. We're allowed to experience fulfillment and contentment even when things are hard. Yeah. And And, and you talk about experiencing fake happy. Right. And real happy. Oh, I was a liar for decades. When's the break? When did you go... I'm tired of this. Oh, I can tell you the exact break. I had a panic attack. I was teaching a group of women. And you know how you speak all the time. You mm-hmm. know when you're speaking to a group of people that you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not 10,000 people in an arena right. you don't know, uh-huh. which that's kind of easy to present your best self. For sure. But when it's 250 people you know, mm-hmm. it's there's a little bit more like you're, you know, you're standing up there in your underwear. Well, I was with a group of girls I know here in Nashville. And it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, sure, I'll come encourage your uh-huh. mom's group. I'm standing teaching. I mean, Jamie, I remember this like it was yesterday. It was about 10 or 11 years ago. And all of a sudden, and I'm just sharing something that's easy. It's not hard. It's not like I have a weird mic. There's no giant screens. It's just a group of friends Uh that I'm sharing encouragement with. I started sweating like a sumo wrestler in a sauna, like projectile (laughs) perspiration. I I started kind of panicking. It's like I was inebriated. Not that I've experienced that before, except for prodigal season in college. (laughs) But I was like I was watching myself outside my body. And I was like, oh, my goodness. 
oh my goodness, sweat was running down the back of my legs. I thought this, this is just weird. Well, afterwards. But you're just teaching, teaching, teaching. I'm teaching and kind of panicking. And uh-huh. I'm watching the faces of my friends go, uh-huh. I thought she did this professionally. <laughs> because it was so obvious. I mean, she I was just paid tra- to do this. Yeah, she's really bad. I'm going to start doing this. I just, I just I totally crashed and burned. But I found myself going, what was that about? Uh-huh. Well, a friend of mine is a licensed counselor. I don't go to her. Uh-huh. I go to a woman who is <laughs> knows better than to try to be my friend <laughs> and my counselor. Um, but I pay $100 an hour to be relatively healthy. <laughs> anyway, um, this friend of mine who's a counselor said, Lisa, you had a panic attack. And I was like, I did? And she was like, yeah, you did. You've got anxiety that you haven't been honest about. And I was like, oh, I do not. I'm a new <laughs> Don't creature. Speak that. Yeah, I did. And I also had gone to a lot of counseling when I was younger because I was sexually molested when I was younger and had some stuff that was really um, just devastating when I was younger that I carried into my 20s and 30s, which is one of the reasons I'm not married because my picker was broken and I was really drawn to abusive men. Anyway, here it is. I'm 40 thinking I'm pretty fixed. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this anxiety rears its ugly head. And I started going to a wonderful counselor and realized, you know what? I have faked Mm. being well for years, partly because I thought if I admit to the places where I'm I'm grieving or I'm lost or I feel still very, very sad and very broken, that'll hurt God's reputation. So I was a, I say I was a happy doppelganger. You You felt like you were like this representation of God to the world. Absolutely. It's all on your shoulders. And I was also lying to myself. I'd be like, you are too joyful. You are joyful. (laughs) Get your joyful on. And I had never allowed myself to grieve Mm. the places where I had been just eviscerated. And it wasn't until I was honest about the places where I was still so broken and so needy. You know, I think that's another misappropriation of scripture, we teach people that if you come to know Jesus through salvation, put your hope in him. Yeah, everything's okay. And you will never struggle again. And I'm like, well, that's not even biblically sound. The Bible says, work out your salvation every day with fear and trembling. That's not God's going to beat you over the head with a 50 pound Bible. That's, you know what? You need him every day, Mm -hmm. not just for salvation, but for sustenance. And once I started kind of mining some of the stuff that was under this lump of denial in my life, then I was like, okay, I have to my, I know this is cheesy, but, you know, I always hear you have to feel it to heal it. Uh-huh. I had to feel some stuff to be healed and realize true contentment and fulfillment, which is biblical happiness. I I, I didn't completely feel that. I was about half healed. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying I'm fixed. There is, I will, I tell my therapist that I'm her job security <laughs> because there's still so many things yeah. the Lord is revealing to me. The answers are in his word. I'm not always smart enough right. to mind them to myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was I was a happy faker, and now I feel like I am probably for the first time in the last five or six years really resting mm-hmm. in the goodness of God, yeah. even when life is just just hard. Hard. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really freeing for a lot of women, in particular that we speak to on the show. When I was reading your book, Eating Oysters, I got to <laughs> chapter three, and I started reading it, and literally, um, the chapter is called. Is God happy with me? Mm-hmm. And you kind of set up that question for us of, is God happy with me? And I'm telling you, it wasn't the oysters. It was it was me. Mm. I literally got a lump in my throat and I almost started crying in the restaurant mm. because just having someone, because I thought to myself, do I think God's happy with me? Mm-hmm. And of course the Christian answer is, yes, you right. know, whatever. But I right. think that that is somewhere where so many people sit. Oh yeah. I do ministry, so I want to say, a lot of us in ministry feel this way yeah. under the surface. Is he happy with what right. I'm doing? You know, right. and I think that's a, 
It's a serious question. It's a very serious question because I think we, and of course I'm using the term generally because some of y'all are way further along than I am who are listening, but I mean, I went to seminary, you know, I've been in vocational ministry for, for 30 years, but probably 20 years into vocational ministry, so almost 35 years into my walk with Jesus, I didn't really believe God delighted in me. I thought he tolerated me Mm. because I thought there is no stinking way a perfect God like that could really be happy with a woman who has as many stains, as many screw ups in her bio as I do, because my press release only tells you the highlights. It's like Instagram. It's Uh the highlight reel. But the places where I have made the same mistake, committed the same sin over and over again, the places where I've been profoundly broken and and didn't access his healing right away. Those places you go, I just don't know how he mm-hmm. could look past that, not overlook it, but see it and look past it. And so I could preach grace to everybody else, but it was like wet soap to me. I could not hang on to the fact that God actually grins when he sees me coming. Yeah. You know, I, ju- I just couldn't. I thought he loves me. I get that. And I get that he's delivered me from my sin. But for him to delight in me, to dance over me with joy, to laugh when I do metaphorical cartwheels mm-hmm. on his lawn. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the reason it got to me is because it was the word happy. Yeah. Because I yeah. teach from a stage all the time. Right. Jesus' righteousness is on us. Yeah. That's yeah. theologically God made him sound. who knew no sin, sin, so yes. that we could be called righteous. And so when right? God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin. He right. sees the righteousness of That's Jesus. Right. That's very theological. Uh, yeah. Look how smart oh, we are. I always say, oh, yeah. Look I always how say, rose-colored glasses of Jesus. So I know that. Yeah. I teach that. But when I read the word happy... Mm-hmm. Is God happy with me? Mm-hmm. It did something in me that oh, I don't yeah. think I've had to, that I maybe have ever thought of yeah. before, Lisa. Yeah. I know he sees Jesus when he looks at me, but is he happy? And mm-hmm. that was, it was, it was really good for me. Yeah. So thank you. Well, if think, you wrote that just oh, for me, thank you. Oh, and, and, you know, honestly, if I can be so selfish, I read it for me mm-hmm. because I would have answered no, if I'd been honest for 40 years, yeah. I would have answered no. Mm-hmm. That was too much to hope. Yeah. It's like, we can believe that he's forgiven us. Yeah. And we can believe that we have eternity, we are heirs of right. Christ, all the right. big things. Right. We can stand on those. Oh, kind of the vacation Bible school. <laughs> yeah. We're soldiers in the Lord's yes. army. Yeah. But yeah. to believe, because we've also associated happy with, if I'm happy with someone, it's because they're being nice to me That's or they're right. good with me or That's whatever. Right. I'm That's happy right. with you. Right. But the minute you turn on me, I right. lose my happiness That's for, right. with you. So that, I think it was the word that yeah. threw me off. I know. Oh, it was so good. If you look at the Sermon on the Mount. Absolutely. It's happier this who delight in the Lord. Happy are the poor. Happy are those who are meek. Over and over and over again, the word happy, I mean, that could be, the sermon could be how to be happy. But you know, Jamie, when I, you know, I lost two adoptions before I got to bring Missy home from Haiti, I would not then, and that was, goodness, six years ago was the last one that was just devastating. I would not have described myself as happy then. I was devastated. Grieving, broken. And to me, if somebody had said, Lisa, you can actually experience contentment in the goodness of God while concurrently experiencing legitimate grief, I would have thought, no, those two are mutually exclusive. Mm. And that's where I go, our theology is crooked when it comes to happiness, um, because you can be in a covenant state of happiness. It is a sacrament. It is a Well, sacrament is defined as an inward sign, an outward sign of inward grace. Well, that 
I mean, that is the perfect description of happiness. Mm-hmm. It's an inward, sometimes audible sign of, of grace. It is recognizing God is good. He does good even when my life doesn't feel yeah. so good or look so good. So even if I'm in my, you know, elastic waist jeans, lately I've been wearing a lot uh-huh. of stretchy pants, um, me and Jack Black. So like <laughs> stretchy pants and when I didn't get mm-hmm. the child mm-hmm. that I hope would call me mama, Am I still c- completely content and fulfilled in Jesus some days? Yeah. Is he happy with me all every day? Every day. All day. He I chooses that. I think that's the that. beauty of the gospel because yeah. the world doesn't have those mutually at the same time. That's right. Right? Oh, I, the I fact mean, I, that we can have both right. of those, like you just described, that's right. I think that's our, it's our well, hope, the oper- right? The operative word is we can have it. I don't yeah, think most people do. experience yeah. it uh-huh. because they don't even know it's allowed. Yeah. It's like I don't have permission to be content and grieve at the same time. Mm, so good. Okay. I love your book and I hope everyone gets it. I do need to ask you about this, okay? okay? This is where I read this part in the book and I wanted to punch somebody in the face. Okay. You speak to him as Absalom. <laughs> oh, I know Ab- where you're going now. Yeah, the the guy who gave me the dress that was too small. Okay. Okay. This, I literally thought to myself, there cannot be people that exist that do this in life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there are, because I always pick them to date. Tell everybody real quick. Um, I this was, is the only story I'll steal from your book okay. because they need to read it, but this uh, has to be well, told. Well, I was in my in my 20s and I was, we weren't dating. We were plating. Plating is what I call platonic <laughs> okay, dating. Okay. That means that you don't get to kiss, uh-huh. but sometimes they pay for meals and you, you know, pray together. Yeah. So it's very unfulfilling <laughs> if you're in your late 20s. Um, do you remember the Elizabeth Elliot, Elliot book, Passion and Purity? Yes. I'm like, everybody okay, read I've it. had enough purity. I really need a little passion. <laughs> Um, in only in, in the godliest of ways. For sure. But anyway, I was plating, platonic dating this guy. We'll call him Absalom because he was very enamored with his hair. Anyway, I, I didn't know if we were dating or just friends. You know, it's one of those yeah, weird uh-huh. relationships. You haven't but had that DTR, yeah. determined yeah, relationship. No. And no, we no. haven't had any, you know, my dad used to call it swap and slobber. Okay, We've not kissed. Uh-huh. But there's this definite romantic undertone. Right. And so there's a lot of flirting and a lot of, you know, I, I, it's kind of like we're dating. Everybody thinks we're dating, but I don't know if we're dating. Well, so he invited me that year after we'd been in this kind of limbo place for probably, I don't know, almost a year. He invited me to... Valentine's dinner. That's a big deal. A big deal. Right. And you go, okay, guy, unless they're just dumb as a rock, they right. know what that means at a very nice restaurant. And so I thought, oh my goodness, this is like the Titanic starting to turn. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I buy what I thought then was a really nice dress. Now uh-huh. I look back and, you know, the shoulder pads. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh golly, I look like it was Dynasty. Then, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. I have big shoulders anyway. So I look like, I don't know, Darth Vader. But I have this pink dress with shoulder pads, if you can imagine. We went to a really nice restaurant, had this wonderful meal, but I'm a little kind of almost titillated the whole time just by, I, I think he might like me. Uh-huh, I think he, might, uh-huh. you know, he knew what he was doing. Right. It's Valentine's in a night. Nice restaurant. He's in a suit. Yeah. We're in a nice restaurant. Well, we get to the end of the meal. The waiter comes and takes our dessert order and coffee and he signals the maitre d' and he brings over this box, a gift for me. And I was flustered. I was like, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't give you anything. Because again, I didn't know, are we dating? Are yeah. we not? Yeah. It would be weird. Do I do a card? Do I not? And so anyway, he was like, no, no, no. I, I just wanted to give you something. He's all excited about me opening the box. Well, I recognized the, you know how like nicely wrapped presents will sometimes have the seal yeah, of from the, the store. store. Uh-huh. And it's this uber expensive that still exists here in Nashville, uh-huh. just uber expensive ladies dress store okay. boutique. And I thought, good night. And I thought, oh, maybe this was like his mom's box. Right. And he just <laughs> yeah. re, reboxed something. But no, I unwrapped the box, 
peel back the tissue paper and there's this gorgeous dress. It's a St. John's dress. So if anybody knows brands, they're like, they start at like a thousand bucks. And I was so undone because I've never had anybody give me a dress that was that Uh expensive. And, and I was kind of undone by it and, and I really didn't know how to respond, but then I looked at the tag and the dress was two sizes too small. Okay. And I thought, oh goodness, you know, he, you know, guys don't know sizes. Yeah. uh Yeah. And so he starts saying, will you try it on for me? Again, at the restaurant, restaurant, very romantic. And I'm like, you know, and I'm acting at first like I'm shy Uh and I don't want to try. Really, I'm thinking I will come out and look like a sausage. I cannot, (laughs) I don't know, I can peel this on my body. And I mean, Jamie, what's so sad is if I weighed now what I weighed then, Uh I would have walked in this interview with a bathing suit. I'd be like, oh, I wasn't wearing pants. I didn't realize it because I was actually really small then. But I keep demurring and saying, oh, no, I'll, I'll try it on later because I knew it was too small. Because you know, yeah. Absolutely. Well, he keeps insisting. So finally, I have to spill the beans and say, actually, this is, is too small. To which he responds, yes, I know. He said, when we played tennis last week, I checked the size in your jacket. So I know what size you wear. But he said, Lisa, here's the deal. I think there's a line between cute and beautiful. And you're about 10 or 15 pounds from that line. So I believe if you would lose 10 or 15 pounds when you can fit in that dress, I know I'll fall in love with you. And I was so stunned, Jimmy, I didn't even know how to respond because what he said was, you're not good enough. You're just not quite to the line. And I think even if those women who are listening to you haven't had a a cad like that that they dated, they know what it feels like to go, I'm just not quite there. Mm. I'm on this side of the line. And I think that's how we labor under Christ a lot is I've got to be a little better. I've got to fill in a few more Bible study blanks. Oh my goodness, I, you know, cussed at the kids on the way to church. So now I've I've gone backwards three spaces. We hardly ever believe God is truly happy mm. with us. And and I think it it causes us to live much smaller lives and he's designed for us to live. Okay, you turned that into a really, really great example of God. <laughs> but you're but still I'm mad still at him. so mad at him. Yeah. He, that yeah. was just so awful. It was painful. It was, I, I don't even think I was honest enough then to take to it. To understand as, how. I mean, I took it deep, but I couldn't process it. You didn't stay with him, did you? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what you talk about yep. when you're like, I picked the bad ones. I did. And I thought... There's another guy who used to mute me on his phone, and I thought he was falling asleep. He was a brilliant guy. I thought he was falling asleep, and, you know, his uh-huh. chin was hitting the phone the buttons. buttons. yeah. But actually, he kept pressing the buttons when he decided I had talked too long and later told me, this brilliant guy, two PhDs, but not so smart with right. uh, interpersonal yeah. relationships. He said, I decided I would do a, an experiment on you. And the controlled variable would be me beeping whenever you got to a certain word count. And I wanted to see if you would begin to tell stories more concisely. And he said, it worked. And I was just like, "Uh, okay, but here's what I thought. And here's where I think I was so broken with my understanding of how much God loves me and delights in me and wired me the way I am. Mm -hmm. Not to say I don't have sin that has to be rubbed off, but I thought, literally, I can remember thinking this, this must be what it means when I'm to be submissive to a godly authority because he obviously has a stronger personality than me. And I thought strength at that time was the same thing as to really to suppress someone. Uh-huh. So I thought he has told me the truth. You talk too much. And he has taken the fact that I talk too much and he has successfully 
just put a lid on it. Uh And I thought that's what leaders do. Mm. I didn't realize had he been a secure guy who actually loved me, even if I talked too much Mm -hmm. and that bugged him, because that's a given. I'm a bit of a windbag. He would have been like, baby, can you give Uh me the Reader's Digest (laughs) version? You know, there would have been more kindness in the way he said it would help me. And if I didn't change, he still would have been content in who I am because he loved me. But I thought God was like that. Mm. I thought God probably mutes me because I'm sure I get on his last nerve. I'm sure God thinks I'm not really to the line that I need to lose something or do something more before I'm fully accepted. Mm-hmm. So really the best I can hope for with my creator, Redeemer, is that he tolerates me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even hope that he would delight in me or celebrate me. And that's where I've changed. And that's where I feel like I know more yeah. of who Jesus is than I've ever allowed myself <sighs> to know because I'm so much more relaxed. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And and that, again, that doesn't mean I don't know there are still places. He spanks me on a mm-hmm. regular basis because there's places where I need discipline, but he, it's always with affection. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I feel like even when he's disciplining me, there's still this grin of this is my kid. This is my kid. And I, I want my daughter to know that. I don't want Missy to ever labor under the kind of shame yeah, that you had as to a deal with uh-huh. that I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we do that. We bring earthly relationships into the way oh, that we be, be yeah. our Heavenly Father Absolutely. Um, a lot. And you that, was, that happened in your world as well. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. I know you're loving my conversation with Lisa. But first, I want to take a chance to thank our sponsors which actually both of them are just for us ladies, which I need to be honest, no men listen to my show, right? Who wants to listen to two ladies chatting? Anyhow, I want to thank our first sponsor, and that is Rent the Runway. Here's the deal. Getting dressed is a drag when you've got a closet full of clothes you regret buying. Thankfully, you can finally get the wardrobe you love with Rent the Runway's unlimited subscription to everyday fashion. Unlimited is a subscription to fashion that gives you access to premium designer styles for work, weekends and everything in between at a flat monthly price. So you can rent unlimited designer pieces, including tops, jackets, handbags, and jewelry on rotation and enjoy the thrill of new clothes without the commitment, the closet space, or here's my favorite, buyer's remorse. All you have to do, guys, is simply browse photos to review to find the right fit, and then you select three pieces at a time, and you get to keep them as long as you want. When you're ready for something new, swap out your pieces with fresh styles from over 450 designers like Vince, Theory, Tory Burch, or Opening Ceremony. Or here's another great thing, guys. If you fall in love with the style, you can buy it at an exclusive discount. All right, there's free shipping and dry clean on every piece. Guys, I have done this. I have gotten dresses, tanks, shirts for date nights. It's so much fun because listen, I get to wear them and then send them back. It's so great. And right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first month when you visit renttherunway.com slash unlimited or download the iPhone app. Either way, enter code HAPPY at checkout. Got it? Again, that's HAPPY at checkout, either at renttherunway.com slash unlimited or use the iPhone app. Okay, and our next sponsor. Listen, guys, this is me right here. Stop tugging at your bra straps and second-guessing your size. It's time to put fit first with third love. Third Love uses women's real measurements and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that fit better and are more comfortable. They offer sizes from AA to G, as well as their exclusive half cup sizes. Just answer a few simple questions online and Third Love will recommend a bra in the right size and style for you. And get this, 
right now, Third Love is offering you a chance to try one of their perfect 24-7 bras for free for 30 days. All you do is pay $2.99 for shipping and you're on your way to a perfect fit. You get to really live in this bra. Feel free to wash it, wear it all day. You might even forget that you're wearing it. If Third Love isn't your new favorite bra, then you just return it or exchange it for free. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie right now to get your perfect Third Love bra and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie to try your new favorite bra for free. Thirdlove.com slash Jamie. Okay, guys, you're going to go get you some clothes from Rent the Runway, a new bra, and now back to my conversation with Lisa. Okay, you mentioned your daughter. Yeah. Missy, let's talk about motherhood for Other a second. than your children, she's the greatest thing <laughs> since sliced bread, and she's beautiful. Let's talk um, about motherhood. You said yeah. earlier, you said, I, I missed this opportunity for yeah, biological I children. I, I was dumb as a rock. I mean, just so foolish with romantic relationships in my 20s and 30s that I missed that window of biological motherhood. And I really did get to the point of, okay, I'm relatively healed in my 40s, but now my ovaries are raisins. And so mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to get to have yeah. children. Yeah. And so the fact that God restored that and allowed me to become an adoptive mom of a kid who I can't imagine having a daughter different than Missy. I mean, she was just, I mean, I feel like she, we were just tailor-made for each other. I've never met her. I've only seen her, what you put online. We look exactly alike, don't we? Well, I'm telling you, <laughs> you guys act alike. We do. Which we I do. just was, I was thinking this morning, I was getting ready. I was like, man, God, how cool is that? Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to, you yeah. didn't have to do that. No. You know, he absolutely it didn't. seems like your yeah. personalities just are so in line with each other. Yeah. And you have each other. You're like a team. Well, and you know, sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, Lord, I so wish we had a baby daddy because she deserves Uh, that. uh If that's his will, then I'll marry. Um, I'm actually kind of plating a guy now who does not buy me two small dresses. (laughs) I've gotten a tad healthier and who I'm attracted to. But, you know, I do want Mm -hmm. so much more for her than I had. It was interesting because the other day my sister was watching her. She had come up from Birmingham to hang out with us. And she said, you know, had you not been abused mm. and had you been affirmed when you were younger, you would have been exactly like Missy. And she said, y'all have the exact same spirit, only she knows she's loved and you didn't. And I thought, how cool that my child, you know, her biological mama died when she was two and a half of AIDS. Nobody knew the daddy in Haiti, impoverished, an orphan. Yet Missy doesn't have an orphan spirit. Mm. I had lived in America with Two Two cars in a pool uh and had a father and Mm -hmm. then my parents divorced, had a stepfather Mm -hmm. and I'm the one with the orphan spirit. And so it's so sweet to me the way God has been lifting that off me and my kid doesn't have it. Mm -hmm. And yet you would think she'd have an orphan spirit. So it, it really has been sweet. And we do... I don't want her to be a mini-me. I want her to be her. Missy. Uh-huh. But yeah, naturally, we are, are very similar yeah. in personality. Yeah. And even even some little idiosyncrasies where I saw it in the orphanage. I was like, this is a hood. This is funny. We have these similarities, yeah. How, when did she come home? April 14th, 2014. So three years and... Okay. Yeah, three years and, and a month. Am I allowed to ask, if are you are you done with one? Do you know, I don't know. Okay. If I'm married, it is, I travel about... A lot. I travel, uh-huh. let's say, 170 days a year. And and Missy has HIV and it's undetectable. She's doing phenomenal by the grace of God. Which is amazing. With her it, is, it really, truly is a God, miracle. Like, yeah. But it, it's been a lot. She's gained 25 pounds since I brought her home from Haiti. She's healthy source. Yeah. I've gained 30. Um, <laughs> I gained a lot of weight after my kids Lord came home too. Yes. I'm like, this uh-huh. is the most amazing gift ever. And I'm flat, worn out. <laughs> yeah. 
And so I don't know how I would manage the logistics uh-huh. with two. However, I was talking to a friend last night who's adopting from Haiti, and she said, Lisa, are you done? I was like, I, I can't say I'm done. I would love, if it's God's will, I would really love to bring another child yeah. home. I would love, best case scenario, to be married so at least somebody would carry the heavy uh-huh. things and mow the yard. Yeah. I'd love for Missy to have a father, but yeah. I'd love to adopt an older child. Yeah. I'm actually going to try to bring Missy's um, half-brother home um, to America for schooling. Oh. He's quite a bit older than Missy. Yeah. And he's just, he needs a leg up. He's mm-hmm. this great kid. And I don't want to take him out of Haiti. Uh-huh. He can help restore yeah. Haiti from uh-huh. the inside out. But he needs he needs somebody to champion him. And mm. I'd love to get him an education here in the U.S. And then him go back and really be a champion for Haiti. That's so, awesome. So I'll at least have an almost son for a while. Where is she here. from in Haiti? Um, the Leagon region, a little town called Nepali. So oh, is that down? It's down. By Gressier. Yeah. Yeah, down, like if you, you know how you look at Haiti, the Caribbean side. Is that where the Wilsons are? Yes. Yes. The Wilsons is uh-huh. who introduced me uh-huh. to Haiti. Okay. I know, yeah. Okay, they they did not have, an, they, you know, they don't have an, an orphanage. They don't have yes. an adoption agency. Right. They're a friend of mine here that I haven't talked to in years was there visiting. And these people come running up to the Wilsons and say, can you drive Marie? They didn't had never met Missy's mom to the hospital. She's really sick. And they're like, oh, okay. They'd never met her. Well, they raised this young woman to the hospital. She dies en route. Nobody knows she has AIDS. With She's Mike never and been Missy diagnosed. took her to the hospital? Mike and Missy. And, and with my Missy, little Missy. And so they're in the hospital in Port-au-Prince. And the doctor comes out and goes, did you know Marie had AIDS? And they're like, we just, we met, her. just met her. And she was unconscious. Like, we don't know oh, at yeah. all. And he said, well, she died of AIDS. And then he points at little Missy, my Missy, and says, is that Marie's daughter? Because, of course, it's white people uh-huh. with this beautiful little yeah. brown uh-huh. peanut. And they said, yes. And he said, I need to test her. And Missy said her heart just oh. fell. And she was like, because she knew Missy through their feeding program. Mm. And she was like, oh, Jesus, she, you know, please don't let this little girl be sick. And so he comes out, you know, and lets them know she's actually very sick mm. and and. And they end up finding out later it, she has HIV and cholera and tuberculosis. Oh, oh, everything. And the doctor said she will only live another two or three months if somebody, really anybody, doesn't stand in the gap because she's not even in, in the system yet. So it's going to be a yeah, backwards uh-huh. way to adopt her. This is going to take longer. And she most likely, the doctor said, will die before you ever get her home from Tennessee. Well, a friend of mine just so happened mm-hmm. to be missing, visiting Mike and Missy that week. She calls me the day she gets back from Haiti. I'm in Dallas. It was two weeks after I had lost adoption and was devastated. I mean, heart, heart on the floor, run over by trucks, devastated. She calls and says, I know you're really grieving the loss of Anna Price. I'd gone through this whole pregnancy process with a little girl who's a hardcore crack addict, and it fell apart in the most horrible, heartbreaking way for everybody involved at the very end. And um, anyway, she said, I know you're still grieving that, but she explained about Missy, and she said there's this little two-and-a-half-year-old in Haiti who doesn't have a shot at living if somebody doesn't stand in the gap for her. And I thought of you because you said you wanted a kid. Nobody else wanted. No, I mean, that's not, Jamie, because I'm godly. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm single. Yeah. And I did want to take a child who had a shot at a mom mm-hmm. and a dad. Mm-hmm. And she said, would you pray about this? And I said, nope. Been praying about this for 30 years. And then um, I got a phone. I said, yes, that I would do it. Didn't have a picture. Had no idea anything except she was two and a half years old. She was Haitian and she was dying. Got off the phone, said a bad word mm-hmm. <laughs> because I thought, oh, good. Not. Right. But I'm in so far over my head. 
then six weeks later, I was in her village. They put her in my arms. She was two and a half years old, 19 pounds. She was so sick. Didn't like me at all oh, at first because, right. you know, I was just yes. this big, scary, uh-huh. pale person. Yeah. Couldn't hardly speak as big as at the tuberculosis. She was much sicker than I even knew. But she looked up at me with this just defiant little look. And then after a while, she grabbed my pinky finger and she said, Hello, Mama Blanc. Hello, no. White Mama. And I was like, stick a fork in me. I'm, I'm done. 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 Took two and then years. How, okay, I was going to ask. Yeah, two years. How ours long was, did it ours take? Was you? Two and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it, and, and our it, son came home ten days after the earthquake on that humanitarian parole oh, thing. Oh my goodness! So we don't know when he would have come home. Yeah, probably a lot later. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you know that's when things started getting later and yeah. later because mm-hmm. some kids were released who shouldn't have been yeah. released. Yeah. No, it took two years, but you know, I, I was telling this friend of mine last night who's just starting the process. I said that two years was. It was awful. You know, it was, a, it was a roller coaster. There were times I didn't think I'd get her, times we thought she wouldn't make it. I mean, it, it was rough. Now that time is so compressed. Mm. In my mind, I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, it was no big deal. Exactly. It's no big deal. But in because the moment, it's the worst the thing moment, you can ever possibly imagine. Because you fall in love with your kid and you yeah. can't. Bring them home. And you can't even control yep. what's going on. It's the weirdest thing. It is weird because, because she was so out of sick. Control. Yeah. And I knew they weren't giving her meds <sighs> when she showed her meds. And they were, you know, you just go, this is killing me. But you have to go, okay, Lord, again, it comes back to, I believe you are good. You do good. You're sovereign. You love this peanut mm. infinitely more than I could possibly love her. So I'm going to have to trust you. I'm going to have to trust you with my heart mm-hmm. and with her. Mm. And I didn't always do that. I know. But you really are forced to. Yeah. yeah. And that's where, too, that thing we talked about the earlier with the happiness and the sadness that's at right. the same time. That's right. That's when, like, I have friends going through some really hard times right now. And I'm like, this is where our gospel hits, like, yeah. the rubber meets the road. That's right. Is, why we, is what we believe. And do we believe that God is good, even if good things don't happen to us? Right. Do you remember Moses? And when it, did it ever bug you he didn't make it in the promised land? It's sad. Okay. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading, this is years ago, I was reading the the Transfiguration. And yeah, I read it a million times. And all of a sudden I went, oh, Moses was there. The transfiguration took place on probably Mount Hermon or an adjacent mountain, northern shore, Sea of Galilee. Have you been to Israel before? No. Oh, I want to go so bad. Where the transfiguration took place, it's the most scenic point in Israel. You can see the whole Sea of Galilee. You can see where Jesus shared the Sermon on the Mount. There stands Moses next to a glorified Jesus. If you were interviewing Moses today Uh and you said, Mo, would you have rather gone in the promised land in your sweaty jar clay body with a bunch of ingrates or... The first time you make it the promised land, it's on the most scenic point, standing Uh next to a glorified Jesus. You know he'd say door number two. And I think that's where sometimes we get deluded into thinking our happiness is based on happenstance or based on time and space. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, God is bigger than that. And he's so much better than that. Trust. It's hard. But trust that no matter what your life looks like now, he is good. He does good. And he absolutely adores you. Mm. And if I was interviewing Moses, I would definitely call him Mo like you just did. Oh, you have to. I think you have to call <laughs> I mean, Moses Mo. Mephibosheth is Bo. Yeah, got to shorten his name. Um, Lisa, it's such a joy to talk to you. Okay, the reason we have to hurry is because I didn't press record for the first 15 minutes and <laughs> the CEO of Lifeway is in here after. Oh, awesome. So they're literally like, oh, you, yeah, you don't need have to, you one more minute. Amen. That's it. That's like it. I literally texted just now and said, can I have five more minutes? And they said, no. <laughs> so I obey what they say. Listen, I will totally submit to the CEO of But Life I Life. have three minutes and I need to hear what you're loving these days. Um, three what things. I'm loving these days. 
Well, it doesn't have to be table set. I just made it at my house the other day. Fresh guac with pomegranate seeds. Oh, pomegranate and seeds. Salt. Pomegranate seeds. Pomegranate seeds, fresh jalapeno, and, and sea salt. I'm telling you, it'll change your okay, life and your I'm guacamole. Done, yes. That I love with all my heart. I love these new Tom's boots that are kind of an orangey color. Uh-huh. I love them with all my heart. Okay. And then I'd say the other thing I love is I've really fallen back in love with power ballads from the 80s. I was listening Ooh. to Journey the other night while Missy and I were four-wheeling in our mule. And I had Journey. We were headbanging, swinging our hair to Journey. <laughs> and it made me so happy. So I think 80s music, guac with pomegranate seeds. and um, Tom's boots. And Tom's boots, yeah. Love. Guacamole I can eat every day. Me too. Oh, I, I mean, think there will be vats of it in glory. And it's avocado, so it's like good fat. It is, it's such good fat. Yeah. Dark chocolate is such <laughs> good what sugar. I tell myself yeah. all the time it's and good French fat. French fries fried in, in peanut oil oh, are so good for yes, us. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, okay, last thing. I wanted to tell you this. Yes. You love Charles Spurgeon. I love You Charles talk about Spurgeon. him in chapter seven. Yeah. I'm going to do a shameless plug real quick, okay? Okay. My husband has a book coming out August 1st. No, oh, no, I'll get it like today. It's called Steal Away Home, and it is a historical fiction account of Charles Spurgeon. Oh, no, I'm like, I'll pre-order B&A today. just print it out. I, so, will, I will pre-order today because I have such a crush, and I can't promise you it's platonic, well, on Spurgeon, Lewis, Francis Schaefer, and okay. Chesterton. Well, I think you'll love the book. Oh, I can't wait to read Steal Away Home is a beautiful title. I know. Yeah, I I love that. I'll make sure you get a copy because you love him. Um, Lisa, you're amazing. Oh, I love you. Next time we're going to hang out without microphones. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. Wasn't that a great conversation with Lisa? Even though I forgot to press record at the beginning. No lie, guys. 15 minutes went by before I remembered. And that's not the first time that has happened to me in my life. We had a fabulous time. Seriously, go grab her book. Follow her online. I promise you will not regret it. Don't forget, any information from our shows, whether that's the sponsors that help us out here, the books we mentioned, any webpage Lisa and I talk about, you'll find it at jamieivy.com. We're going to be selling tickets to the next Happy Hour Live, which is September 8th and 9th, right here in Austin, Texas. You'll find those under the events page. All right, guys. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music, as always, is from Jason Poe. Next week, my guest is Virginia Cumberbatch. And can I just tell you that we talked about something a few months ago when I recorded this that I have not stopped talking about to Aaron. I promise you this. He would agree if he was here. I'll give you a clue. It's about feminism. I loved our conversation so much, and I think you will too. Guys, enjoy your show. Happy 5th of July. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I'll see you guys next week with my friend Virginia. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.